Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. Amen. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right in. As you know, we are on our duplicate series. All right, duplicate, a series on what y'all? Discipleship. That's right. Duplicate, a series on discipleship. How many disciples do I have in the house? All right. Yeah, yeah. You might not be a part of the, you know, the OG, the original 12, but but you're a disciple. Amen. And you're just as, if not more important. Amen. Amen. So uh, just a quick recap on last week. We got a little English lesson and we learned about uh, homographs and heteronyms and we talked about the differences between duplicate and duplicate, and, and most importantly, we talked about how both apply to this thing called discipleship. Y'all remember that lesson? Duplicate and duplicate. You remember that, Kate? Amen. And so uh, we talked about how both are important as it relates to discipleship. Why? Because one is what you should be, and the other is what y'all, what you should do. All right, all right, somebody got their notes out. One is a state of being, and we said the other is a state of doing. It's an action. And we found out that one thing we'll learn throughout the course of this series is that we have to be before we do. Amen? Amen. And because of that, Really today, if I'm going to be honest, uh, remember I told you I thought we were all set for last week, and then uh, the Lord told me, no, that's actually for week two. And so what I realized is that today we're further laying the foundation, really, for this series in regards to the functionality of duplicating, because uh, we have to first form a correct idea of what it means to duplicate or to be a duplicate ourselves. And so um, a quote, the quote was shared on social media yesterday that you won't become successful at doing until you become successful at being, all right? Um, and so remember, if we look at the history of a thing, anything, it was before it did, all right? Uh, I was before I did, you were before you did. And so that's what we talked about out the gate, in case you missed it. And always, in case you missed it, go back and catch up. Uh, don't take my recap and just run with it, but make sure you get the details so you can fill in the blanks. Another thing that we talked about um, is the word likeness. Somebody say likeness. Okay, so let's go to Genesis. Uh, Genesis 1, 26 through 27. We can take a look at that in the New King James Version. That's Genesis 1. And remember, we think that's something that everybody can find. Genesis 1. And we're looking in the New King James Version, 
<laughs> at 26 and 27. And it says this, it says, then God said, if God said, we ought to listen, right? Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Remember, that word likeness, remember, I didn't, I didn't find that in like a biblical definition. I found that in a, a secular definition. But we see here that that word likeness is something that we see in the beginning of the Bible. All right. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Okay. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man uh, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay, so we were created in the image and in the likeness of God. We are to have dominion. Now, I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself, but how many of you know that in order for a group of people to dominate anything, they've got to be on the same page? Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, uh, we learned about that with the Tower of Babel. And we learned what happens when you're on the same page. Even if you're not doing a God thing, if you get a group of people that's on the same page, they can be so successful that if it's not a God thing, God got to stop it. Because there's power in unity. There's power in one-mindedness. There's power in this uh, likenessness. And so uh, we must know that if we are to accomplish anything together, disciples, then we've got to be on one accord. Yeah? Yeah. And so that's important. You can put a, a nugget there. We'll get back to that. Uh, but we are created in the image and the likeness of God. Uh, we know uh, that we are like him. You know, we're, we're trichotomous. We believe, WOPBI students, that we are trichotomous and not dichotomous. We are made of three parts, that we are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. And so it's important to note that you've got to command your body to do some soul work so that your spirit looks like God's. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that again. We're spirit, soul, and body. We're three parts. And in this series, you got to learn that you got to command your body to do some soul work so that your spirit looks like God's. And so remember, you all, those who were tuned in last week, we're not altering uh, who we are, uh, you know, as to not look like who we've come from. Uh-huh. I didn't say where we've come from. I said who we've come from. We are saying no to cosmetic Christianity. Remember that? Remember we talked about those who go under the knife? Listen, God uh, will not be able to say to us, they're mine. But they've done some things to themselves that caused them not to look like they're mine. That's not going to be us, right? Not after this series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we took a look at Genesis 5.3. Genesis 5.3 in the message. Let's look at it together. Genesis 5 and 3. Let's see what the message paraphrase has to say about that. Okay. So it's talking about the first man, Adam. 
And it says, when Adam was 130 years old, he had a son who was just like him. His very what? Spirit and image. And named him Seth. All right? And so in some passages of scripture, which we looked at last week, we see the word likeness. And so we highlighted the fact that likeness is not just looking like something or someone, but it's having the same spirit, all right? So remember, I'm not trying to have a series to make y'all look like me or talk like me or even pray like me. I'm trying to make sure that we can say that my spirit and your spirit both look like God's, all right? What does that mean? Well, let's, let's get into that. Uh, for one, that means that we both are loving, Mm -hmm. Both of us have a loving spirit, even in situations where it's honestly hard to love. Mm -hmm. What does this mean, our spirit looking like God? Well, it means that both of us find a way, you and I now, you and I on the live, you and I in the room, both of us find some kind of way to grab hold to joy, even when we're let down by something. Mm -hmm. What does this mean? This means that some way, somehow, both of us, we're peaceful. No matter the situation or no matter if the situation naturally requires us to turn up, show out, or be revengeful, somehow we're peaceful. All right? What does this mean? This means that both of us exude patience. This means that even when God is taking too long, <laughs> Or even, you know, the folks around you that you're trying to help and you're trying to pray for and minister to, even when they seem like they're not getting it. Hmm? Even when people around you are moving too slow in different areas of life, somehow both you and I, just like God, we're patient. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, what does this mean? This means that you and I, y'all, we, we're kind. <laughs> it means that even to people who don't deserve our kindness or who aren't even kind to us, we're kind to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because remember, we're on the clock. <laughs> you know how at work, when you might deal with somebody who's unruly, and then you might say, ooh, if I wasn't on this clock... I would have told him a few things, right? But you know that, oh, oh they only talking to me like that because I'm on the clock, right? What if I told you you're always on the clock? Yeah, when you punch out of work, you're, you never punch out of kingdom. Amen? Amen. So you don't get to now do whatever you want to do and say whatever you want to say because it's 5.01 p.m. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not how it works. And so we're kind, both you and I. Not, it's, it's not just you. It's not just me. We're kind, you know, even to people who don't deserve it. This means, what does this mean? This means that both you and I operate in a spirit of goodness, even in this bad, bad world. Even in this world of corruption, we still some kind of way are good. What does this mean? This means that you and I, we're faithful, even and especially when it's hard and when not being faithful is not only easier, but it's popular. You and I, we're not 
popular. We're not in the in crowd, but we're faithful and we look like God. You and I, listen, you, you and I, this means that you and I are operating in a spirit of gentleness in regards to our approach, you know, being careful with people and, and people we come in contact with and people that we're responsible for. We don't just treat people any type of way. We're gentle in our approach. Hmm? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Especially the people who God have given us, you know, to have some responsibility. We're, we're gentle. We're not brash. We're not harsh. We're gentle. You and I. You and I, <laughs> we have something called self-control. Even when tempers and terrors and temptations arise, you and I, some way, somehow, we still have self-control. Yeah? Hashtag Galatians 5. Yeah? Y'all remember fruition? That's what this means. You and I. We look like God. Discipleship. Somebody say discipleship. And so we went on to talk about the connection to the word discipline which is the, the theme of the year. This is the year of the discipline. And so we broke down the word. We looked at the etymology of the word, and we saw that these two words, disciple and discipline, actually come from the same word. All right? And the word uh, discipline is born out of the word disciple. Then we took a look at something called the Great Commission. Y'all know about that? Amen. If you don't, you wasn't tuned in last week. You should. <laughs> Let's look at Matthew 28, um, 16 through 20. Let's look at it in the Amplified. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like this one's going to help somebody today. And we haven't even gotten into things. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. In the Amplified, it reads like this. It says, now the 11 disciples, might have won some, went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. Amen. If you got it, good. If not, keep, keep going. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted in the brackets that it was really he. Verse 18 says, Jesus came up and said to them, all authority. And I know it's Jesus because it's in red. That's why I had to, you know, change my voice a little bit. All authority, you know. All power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says this in 19. He says, go therefore and make disciples. Go therefore and make disciples disciples just as I've made you a disciple go therefore and duplicate this process go therefore and make disciples of all the nations help the people to learn of me remember that word learn is connected to the history of the word discipline and disciple help the people to learn of me. Now we have to be careful here because a lot of times we can get so caught up, you know, in how gifted we are 
And we can get so caught up, you know, in how it may feel to be revered or looked up to, because that's a part of the discipleship process, that we might accidentally help people to learn of us. It's not discipleship. Mm-hmm. Yes, my story is going to have something to do with it. I'm not, I'm not hiding who I am, but I'm not leading you to who I am. I'm bringing into play the story of who I am to show you ultimately who he is. Yeah? Help the people learn of me, saith the Lord. Believe in me and obey my words. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. See, if we were to look at this thing right, a lot of us would no longer operate in the spirit of offense, but we would rather just be kind of, you know, discouraged because a lot of us are offended because we feel like those who we are discipling are not being obedient to our words. That's why you feel offended. Because you think that they, they're supposed to be obedient to you. You shouldn't be offended. You're a vessel. You're sharing God's words, his life-giving words. And when they're not obedient, you should more so be like, man, I just wish, I wish they knew better. I wish they, I'm not offended. I'm just concerned. So that might be a good indicator, a good you know, place for us to check ourselves. Am I offended because people I'm pouring into seem like they're not receiving? Am I offended? That means that somewhere along the line, I have desired for them to listen to me. Yeah? If you just, if you, if you just the messenger, such and such says such and such, but I'm offended if I believe that I'm in authority. Yeah? But what did he say? He started it out in red with this. All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to me. He tried to set the record straight from day one to let you know, listen, you're not in authority. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're not in authority. I'm, I'm trying to let you know from day one so that you don't get confused that you are and always will be the messenger. Hmm? Not the writer of the message. You remember in class, we used to pass notes for those of us who were in school before cell phones. And by the time I got to high school, we was texting. But at elementary school, we were passing notes. I'm a part of that generation that Got to experience a little bit of both. You know, we, we literally were on the scenes as technology came. And so there's, you know, a new generation, that's all they know. But I'm part of the generation where we were in the crossover phase. And so I know about texting, but I know about not texting. <laughs> I know about texting, but I know about passing notes. And you remember when you had assigned seats and when you needed to get a note to your friend, 
Or maybe you'll want to be girlfriend or boyfriend. Check the box, yes or no. Do you like me? Kiki. Huh? Keisha, I need to know. And so at that time, what you did was you drew up a little note. Depending on your skills, you had a little origami, a little, you know, a little, a little airplane, a little something. Yeah, a little, little something. And next thing you know, if your assigned seat was on the back row and their assigned seat was two rows in front of you, you had to say, Psst. can you give this to Keisha? Huh? I'm painting the picture. This is from God because it ain't nowhere in the notes. And so, <laughs> and so, the only person who should be getting offended if Keisha checked no is me. Because the person on the row in between us was just a messenger. Now, they may want Keisha to, to check yes. You know, and so they may feel some type of way, but at the end of the day, they should not be operating in offense as a messenger. And so, in the event that we are messengers, but we're operating in offense, maybe we need to redefine our role. Amen? Mm-hmm. 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 <sighs> yeah, don't, don't, don't shoot me. Please don't shoot me. <laughs> And so another thing that we talked about, well, let me, let me finish off this scripture because <clears throat> it's, it's good. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, Deacon Lorraine's in person today, lo, Deacon Lo, I am with you always. And being blessed by the brackets, remember, we're not, we're not going to shout this time. But remaining with you, what y'all? Perpetually. Perpetually. Remember that word? Perpetually. Regardless of circumstance and on every occasion. Even, whoo Jesus, not seasonally. Not only at the times where you don't forget that you're the messenger and you operate in offense. Even in those, he said, even to the end of the age. That's why he's still with you. Listen, you might as well stop worrying about if God is going to, if he was going to leave you, he would have been left you. You remember the caliber of some of the stuff you did? the caliber of some of the stuff, the caliber of disobedience that you've exuded in different seasons of your life, and he's still with you. Oh, he's going to be with you. Because some of you will never do the caliber of what you used to do. And if he didn't leave you then, you may not be perfect. You may still be working on some stuff. You may fall. The just man falls seven times. But thanks be unto God, he'll never Jesus! 
Somebody ought to praise him right here because you have the enemy in your ear saying that God is going to take his hands off of you. But beloved, I'm here to tell you that if he hasn't taken his hands off yet, then you better know that he'll never. I know you don't hear him like you used to. I know you don't feel like he's as close as he used to be. But grace will cause you to reposition yourself. And grace will allow you to change your proximity to get back to God. Yes, you might fall flat on your face. But he's there to pick you up and turn you around. And plant your feet on solid ground. Somebody's got a testimony that I was sinking deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within. Seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea. Yeah, 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 yeah. He heard your despairing cry. And from the waters he lifted you. Now say, now listen, the problem is some of us jump back. But guess what? He lifted you yet again. You're here today because the scripture says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. <laughs> Jesus. And my God shall supply all your need according, it's not your riches, thank God. It's not, it's not your riches and glory. Because we all would be, yeah. But it's according to his riches. So as long as he stays rich, <laughs> my needs stay supplied. As long as he's still God, I'm still covered. Thank you, Jesus. As long as he still sits on the throne, he's still going to be with me. Oh, man, we weren't supposed to shout. But this thing, that's why, listen, if you read a scripture, read it again. Don't say I already read it because it will hit you differently the next time around. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 even to the end of the age, whatever your age may be of your end, even then, he'll be with you. When you didn't know no better, he never left you. When you knew better but didn't do better, he never left you. Who Jesus. Thank you, God. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. That's the God we serve. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's keep it going. So the Great Commission, the Great Commission, the Great Commission, that's for all of us. We all have been commissioned. All right? That's not just for Fred Hammond and them. <laughs> Trying to, trying to snatch you back, back, back down. We all have been commissioned. Hallelujah. 
And then we said this, it's not the task, it's the tools. Make sure you got that written down. It's not the task, it's the tools. And remember this month, we are putting some tools in our toolbox to make the tasks easier. Amen? And so we had a few scriptures and things, but at this point I'm about to jump into what we have today. For part two, you all, Duplicate, a series on discipleship, part two. For part two, the central theme is team. The central theme is team for part two. Write this down. Discipleship is a team sport. Discipleship is a team sport. The psalmist and songwriter Bishop Hez said it best back in 2002. He said, I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. He went on to say, stand with me. Agree. Uh-oh, somebody knows the song. With me. We're all a part of God's body. It is his will uh, that every need be supplied. Now, see, some of us got it twisted because we thought that meant our need, but it means the kingdom need. We need each other because it's his will that every kingdom need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to what, y'all? To survive. Yeah, that's it. That's it, see? That's it. We might hit that at the end. In the Christian counseling curriculum, we learn that people need people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, say that with me. People need people. I don't need nobody. Yes, you do. All I need is God. Uh, yeah, but God loves community and set it up for you to need people. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, there's no dealing with God and getting around dealing with his people. There's no dealing with God and getting around dealing with people in general. Okay? Think, I, I, I just sat there in preparing this message and thought about all the ways that when we wake up in the morning, all the way until we lay down at night, all the ways that we need people. And it blew my mind. I'm sure I'm missing some stuff, but I just thought about how some of us get up and some of us, we might go to, I don't know, uh, listen to ra the radio or the news. Some of us may look at a devotion or may go to a podcast, all of which were depending on people to give us something, right? Then I thought about, if you're anything like me, you might have to go to the gas station. <laughs> and in that, you know, we have people who run the gas station, and that's the reason that we're able to get gas. And some of us, we probably shouldn't, but we stop and get some coffee. And, you know, sometimes they may know your order by heart. 
Who is they? A person. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, 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 and then, I don't know, maybe you're supposed to be cutting back, but you couldn't resist. At the exit, there was a Chick-fil-A. And at the Chick-fil-A, if it wasn't their pleasure, how would you get Chick-fil-A? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are people there. Yeah, that, that, that serve you your food with a smile and joy. And then you get to work or you get to school or wherever, and then you have a, a lot of people. For some, you have bus drivers. For some, you have parking attendants. For some, you have security officers. For some, you have teachers. And you can't have teachers unless you have students. And then you get to work and you're on a team. And depending on where you work, you have customers. And you only got a job because of people. Mm -hmm. And then let's say you work and then you come home. And then you decide you need to go out to the grocery store. You go out and the grocery store is able to give you what they gave you because a person stocked it. Even with the advancement of technology, um, when Dr. Carmen and I went uh, recently out of town, we visited an artificial intelligence exhibit. And it was pretty mind-blowing talking about the ways that artificial intelligence uh, has you know, integrated into the world today, but also ways that they plan to in the future. Um, but it was just amazing also to see the limitations of robots and artificial intelligence to the point that they will never be able to replace people, okay? They can replace certain jobs. I, I don't know if you guys have heard of um, Amazon Fresh. There's one not far from here. I went and you're able to literally go in using a cart, put stuff in your cart. It has a screen to tell you what you just put in there, how much it is. It calculates as you go, and then you can leave out of the store and never talk to anybody. You don't even have to do self-checkout. Yeah, I'll tell you more about it. I have a reel for that. Amen. And so that's just showing you that, I mean, AI is advancing. However, it will never be able to replace people. People are always going to need people, okay? And so where we differ is, you know how some people are real people-y and then some people are not? Okay, guess what? They just have a different degree of need, which we learn about. I'm giving y'all some good stuff. And didn't even charge? I hope I don't get in trouble with Bishop. This is a part of the curriculum. <laughs> We differ in our degree of need. We don't differ in that the people who are peopley, they need people. And I don't. No, you just need people with a different degree of need. The three components, and I'm going to stop here, I promise, Chancellor. The three components that we uh, need people in is that of inclusion, affection, and control. Inclusion, affection, and control. And so we all have that need. We all, you know, we, we have that tank, if you will, but we get that tank filled at different levels. You know, some of us have a fuel-efficient car. Some of us drive trucks. We all need gas. We all need fuel. We just need it at different levels. You know, different types sometimes of octane. And so don't you dare think that you don't need people even if it means that you don't need them as much as somebody else you know, you still need people. Now, check this out. 
Psychologically, there is no me without you. Think about that. There is no me without you. The psychological concept of me is void without you. If it was just me, I wouldn't even have to call me me. Right? So without you, there literally is no me. Okay? Without you, there's no me. I just am. I'm going somewhere. But the, oh, I told y'all this was good. I said, God, can I do part one? He said, no, save it for part two. Save it for part two. But the only one who's ever experienced that is God, who says, I am that I am. I am what I was before anything else ever was. I exist alone, and everything that exists, exists as a result of my existence. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and without him nothing was made that was made. God is the only one who can say that. God is the only one who can justly claim that I just am alone. I am. And so hear me to claim a certain sense and awareness of self while denouncing its dependency on others is a form of idolatry. I'm going to say it again. God is the only one who can say that I am. I just am. Okay? I, I, I just am. And so to claim a certain sense and awareness of self while denouncing its dependency on others is a form of idolatry. It's a form of idolatry. One more time, I got you. God is the only one who can say, I am. I just am, right? And so to claim a certain sense, an awareness of self, while denouncing its dependency on others is a form of idolatry. Okay? And while you're writing, don't let your independence lead to your disobedience. Don't let your independence lead to your disobedience. If you call yourself listening to God and you're trying to go about it alone, I doubt that it's God because he always... Even with Jesus, if Jesus needed help, who do you think you are? If Jesus needed help, who in the world do you claim to be with your independent self? Knowledge of self or individuality is based upon others. People need people in their life. And I told you 
the number of ways throughout the day that we need people. So as we need people naturally, we need people spiritually. So as we need people to operate in this world system, we need people to operate in God's system called kingdom. Okay? Anybody got that independent spirit? Mm-hmm. That spirit can cause you to miss out on moments, on relationships. And how do I know? I got that spirit. Mm-hmm. I got that spirit. And the Lord didn't call me to do this. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. People need people. That concept is a challenge for some because I am someone who likes to be and work alone. Always have since I was little. Always have. My dad used to get on me about that when I was younger. My mom and I are alike in that way. Just give me my part and let me knock it out. Give me my assignment and let me knock it out and let me knock it out alone. But kingdom is a group project. It's a group project. Discipleship is a team sport. Kingdom is a group project. And I don't like group projects, but guess what? It ain't about what I like. Huh? Who am I to God? If God says a group is needed, sign me up for the group. Because it's not about how I feel. It's about what he says. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. This is an independent study. This isn't independent study. This isn't independent study with your independent self. It's personal in part, but it's corporate in whole. Yeah, it's personal in part, but it's corporate in whole. The only reason you have your personal relationship is so that you can make a whole impact. in your own little corner, in your own little chair. Cinderella, wake up! That's not kingdom. This is an independent study. It's personal in part, but it's corporate in whole. Even your personal study is for the bettering of yourself, for the bettering of the kingdom. And so we have to be careful with isolation. I believe in God, but I don't go to church. That's a faulty theology. That's like saying I believe in money, but I don't go to work. The money I'm with, the work, I can do without that. Because you want to separate something that's inseparable. The reason you deal with the people that you complain about at 5.01 p.m. Monday through Friday is because at the end of the day, you know you're not there for them. That's why you complain and that's why you go back. But you don't want to go to church because of an issue that arose with another person. 
What about all the issues at work? That's how you know it's a trick of the enemy because you know that despite the issues, I ain't here for you. I'm here for the check. So why when it comes to church, are we here for everybody else? I'm not here for you. I love you. I pastor you, but I'm not here for you. I'm here for God. You can't keep me out of here because you're not the reason I'm in here. You can't make me feel like staying home because you aren't the thing that makes me feel like going. You can't make me because I'm not here for you. You ever had that? You come to that conclusion sometime, you work somewhere, you say, you know what? <laughs> I don't care that much in regards to, you know, people. Or da, 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 da. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do what I signed up for. And I'm going to get what's mine. You signed up for this. And you got to be okay with going to places even where there may be issues because church ain't perfect. Some people, listen, I, got, I, I, I know somebody who just, had a, who just got an awesome opportunity to work with a Christian organization that if I called the name, all of you would know. And so... Um, the person who works there currently let them know, hey, I'm letting you know that this is a Christian organization and that everybody knows them and all of this, but I'm here to let you know that the work environment is a little cutthroat. Okay? Guess why? And they were kind of, you know, kind of all up in arms about that. And I told myself, mm-mm, that's everywhere you go because you're dealing with people. And that's why we got to give ourselves a break. You got to give each other a break because we're all people. Just because all of us are in agreements to go with God, it doesn't de-people us. It doesn't de-people us. So there's going to be disagreement. There's going to be, you know, all of that. We just got to be able to eyeball it. And we got to be able to not fuel the fires so that we can put the fires out. But they're going to be fires. Deacons, you learn in training that one of your jobs is to put fires out. Why is that? Because they're going to be fires. Why do we have firemen? Because they're going to be fires. You're a fireman, man. And so... It does not make sense to sign up to be a fireman and then run when there's a fire. It doesn't make sense to sign up to be a fireman and then complain why there are fires all the time. Because if there weren't, you wouldn't have a job. And that's what I told the person. I said, you know, what if God 
is literally going to allow you, because they look real good on the front, and apparently everybody that's the face of it is legit, but it's some stuff behind the scenes. So I said, what if God is calling you in your integrity to be a change agent to make behind the scenes look and be as good as what's in front of the scenes? Because you're a fireman. And I told her, I said, listen, <laughs> I know a cleaning lady, her and her sister-in-law clean, and their family clean. And I said, they don't just sit around the house with their cleaning products just, you know, laughing and joking. And no, they have to go into messy, dirty environments to do what they signed up for. If you don't want to clean, put down your mop. If you don't want to believe, put down your Bible. If you don't want to be a part of the kingdom, denounce God. If not, get on your post and shut your mouth. We are the body of Christ. You know what a body is? Have you ever been to the doctor for something other than a routine checkup? Why was that? Because something was wrong with your body. And further, you wanted it to be fixed. You weren't okay with the fact that something was wrong with your body. Don't you sit home and let Feelings fester and toxins toxify and emotions erupt and hurt harbor. In fact, if you have aught with your brother and sister as it relates to this branch of Zion, if you have aught with me, this is our month to talk about it. This is our month to have a conversation. Because there's no sense in checking up on our physical bodies and leaving the body of Christ left for dead. Matthew 5, let's look there. Because I'm not trying to be long-winded. Might be too late. <laughs> Y'all weren't supposed to laugh that hard. Good grief. Let me try not to operate, operate in a fence. All right, y'all with me? Praise God. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I'd rather y'all laughing than crying. Online, y'all still with me? They still saying stuff? They still, all right, praise them. We still live? Y'all ain't cut the live, did you? All right, praise them. <laughs> Matthew 5. I love y'all, I tell you. Matthew 5. Um, let's look in the New King James Version at 23. Anybody receiving this word? Matthew 5, 23. Tired of the devil liking church. Tired of him being happy about what's happening in church. 
He shouldn't. Church should infuriate him. Mm-hmm. Matthew 5, 23 says this. It says, therefore, and it's in red, so who's talking? Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. I want to look at Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. That's Matthew twenty-two and thirty-six. Jesus. It says this. It says, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Because there are a lot of commandments. And I'm just trying to see, you know, do some way more than others. Help me out here. And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, I'm going to put it together and read 1 Samuel. 15, 22. That's 1 Samuel 15, 22. And it says, so Samuel said, has the Lord as great Delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey. <laughs> Jesus is better than sacrifice. And to heed, to follow. Better than the fat of rams. So let's get this straight. Matthew 26, 30 taught us that love is the greatest commandment. It's the greatest thing that we should be obedient to, right? Loving God and then loving your neighbor as yourself. And so here we see in 1 Samuel that obedience is better than sacrifice. So that makes Matthew 5, 23 through 24 make sense. That before I get the sacrifice in, I've got to be obedient to what? To whatever God said. What did he say? Well, firstly, he said, love him and everybody else. Love him and love people. And so I'm just highlighting the importance of, mind you, when they were sacrificing, that's how they stayed, you know, good with God and, you know, repentance and all of that, the fatty calf, all of that. Even more than that. 
God says he wants your obedience. He's saying he wants your obedience even more than the rituals of the Christian experience. Which includes communion. Remember last week in communion where I stopped and said I got some about this next week? Because even with communion, that's a, a ritual, that's an experience, a, a ritual of the Christian experience where it's like, listen, if you have aught with, with your brother, you probably don't even need to do this. Yeah? And I believe Jesus is saying that you ought not go through the motions of partaking of a body for which you do not remember outside of the activity of communion. Mm -hmm. Remember. Remember. Putting the members back together. No need in remembering my physical body if you're dismembering my spiritual body. Hmm? Because discipleship is connected to an assignment. We are on assignment, you all. And we've got to make sure that first things first and that everything else is second. Yeah? First things first and everything else is second. And I'm closing. We're on assignment. Remember? I was likening it to work. We're on assignment. We're at work. And we're just laying the foundation. We're going deeper into the functionality of what it means to be a disciple and what it means to create disciples. But right now, first, first things first, God is leading me to make this plain so that you can go into the next thing right. Discipleship is connected to assignment. Discipleship is a form of work. And anytime you have work, you have a boss. God is our boss. I'm not the boss. I'm a director at best. The leaders of the church, they're not the boss. They're project managers at best. But God, he's the boss. He makes the rules. He divvies out the assignments. This means you all that that's why I'm showing you scripture and I'm giving you truth because I don't have the authority to create a discipleship model. The boss has already given us one. Woo. You think you want to be the boss, but you don't want to be the boss. Why? Because he paid the ultimate cost. Huh? To be the boss. <laughs> Will you allow the boss to be the boss in your life? Will you allow for him to not only be your savior, but also your Lord? Can he lord over you? Thank you, Jesus. So much good stuff in this word. Everybody should go back and take a watch or go back and take a listen. 
it was impossible to really get everything the way that you should. This is a word, honestly, that you should share because this is not a wopsy word. This is a kingdom word. Anybody you know in the kingdom, you ought to share this with them. Duplicate, a series on discipleship. Let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God some praise. If you were blessed by this, come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, um, this is the end of our worship experience. We never, never, ever take for granted that everybody in the room or on the stream is saved. And we understand that salvation is the first step to discipleship and to living this life in Christ. And so if you're in the room or watching and you're not saved, the scripture says you do two things. What's the first thing, y'all? Yep, you confess. What's the second thing? You believe. So you have to say out of your mouth, but you have to really believe in your heart that God raised his son, Jesus, from the dead. Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to confess, confess, and you have to believe. And so we're going to pray a prayer today, and if you pray it with us, and if you really believe it in your heart, you are saved, and you're ready for the next step, which is discipleship. So here we go. Father... In the name of Jesus, I come to you now as a sinner in need of your salvation. Cleanse me. Change me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you raised your son Jesus from the dead. I believe that he got up on the third day with all power in his hands I believe that he is now seated at your right hand interceding for me I am saved I am saved I am saved in the name of Jesus amen come on let's clap it up in case anybody receives salvation if you're on a live and that's you, you can text, you can put in the comments, I am saved. Amen. So we can reach out to you. Also want to let you know that a part of the discipleship process is coming on and joining in with the body of believers that's a part of the bigger body of Christ. And so if that's you and you want to become a part of Wapsi, our Wapsi family, then you can do that today. If you're in the room, all you got to do is raise your hand and we'll celebrate you, pray with you. If that's you online, type I'm part of the family, and we will have our discipleship team to reach out to you. And so if that's anybody, let's clap it up for them. Let's clap it up for them. Amen. God is good. We are excited about the fact that this week, listen, they just started school in the county, and we're starting school at WOPBI. Tomorrow is the first day of school. Tuesday is the first day of school for some of the programs. And so we're excited to see those who are enrolled. It actually is not too late to register. And so if you want to involve yourself in late registration, you can do that. And you can be on time for what God has for you through WPBI. Also, Bible study is back. Amen. And guess what? 
it's back in person. So listen, you can come on Wednesday, and it's the format is going to be workshops. So we have workshops going on. We have workshops from now until the end of the year. And guess what the first one is on? It's an evangelistic workshop. And Dr. Devin and Dr. Evangelist Angela is leading us during the month of September in a three-week intensive, and you want to make sure that you're here, all right? And guess what? God is so good because I didn't realize when he gave me that and when he gave me the sermon how much they coincide with the series, and we'll see that more and more. So when you come on Wednesdays, you're going to start hearing some things uh, that you heard about on Sunday. They're going to start connecting. Amen? Amen. And I just got a text message that Terry from Gaithersburg has joined online. Welcome, Terry, to the family. The discipleship team will be reaching out to you. We love you already. Amen. And feel free to come on in if you would like. All right? All right, so that's all we have. I'll see y'all on Wednesday. This is an exciting week. I'm excited. Y'all excited? Amen. God bless you.